The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 35, EdTech Leadership with Jason Gribble. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Good, Kyle. What is up, my friend? Hey, man. We got another episode of our yes. show here. Episode we 35 we are on now. Yes. Yes, we are. And uh, so I am Ben Dixon. You can find me on Twitterverse at BDixonNV and also on Instagram. Same hashtag. And you are? I'm Kyle Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at AndersonEdTech. You can find me on Instagram in two different places. You can find me Anderson EdTech. And then as more information about my book starts coming out, you can also find Instagram to the edge edu, my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. Right. Yes, that's true. Been working on that. So, hey, we have another another show. We've got a great guest. I'm super excited about this. But oh, I guess, yes. First of all, we probably should talk about, since this is the Beer EDU pod, uh, what are you drinking? Well, tonight I went with another local. I tend to try to stay local with our beers on here. Um, one of your favorites, I know, yes. uh, from your favorite brewery in town, from uh, the Brewers. From the Brewer's Cabinet, I went with the Dirty Wookie. Oh. Yeah. It's an Imperial Brown Ale at 9% ABV. No IBU listed on it, but brown ales, we're going to learn a little bit more about this later on. They don't tend to have a lot of hops anyway. So, But this one, it's caramely. It's got a little bit of a biscuit flavor to it. A little tiny bit of roastiness to it. It's very thin and very drinkable. Um, You and I have mentioned before... Um, usually when a beer is really drinkable, we call it a lawnmower beer. Yep. This, it's not, (laughs) this isn't a lawnmower beer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to suck down a dirty Wookiee in the 95 degree heat uh, mowing the lawn, but it's not super heavy either. Uh, when you look at it, it's, it's definitely dark, but it's not that real thick, heavy viscous, like a lot of your porters and stouts can sometimes be. So, but yeah, no, this is definitely a great beer and the, uh, the t-shirts they sell at the brewery of the dirty Wookiee are really great too. Uh, picture I, of Chewbacca on there. Oh yeah. yeah, so. It, it's one here in town that I know they do a great job. It's on tap at a lot of places and Brewer's Cabinet's putting it out there. And it's one that, I, if I'm having dinner, I don't get it. If I'm just having a drink, then I do get it. Cause it's still got some chewability to it. Yeah, it's definitely one that, you're right. I could probably do it with a steak, but Ooh, if okay. I'm doing like a burger or like, Oh, you know, another fish and chips would probably be really good with too. Oh yeah. I, right, I might be wrong. Yeah. But no, you're right though. A lot of other foods though. I'm not sure I would do that with yeah. it. So we might have to do another beer pairing episode here before uh, long, maybe, might. and maybe look at yes. that one. So, um, my beer is really great, but then I saw yours and I got total <laughs> beer FOMO. So what do you got tonight? Okay. So if, if you're, we've just talked about this one. So this is Sierra Nevada's 2019 edition Hoptimum. So this is their triple IPA. And I just saw it today. I haven't seen it anywhere. I'm sure it's available, you know, outside of Chico, but it's gradually made its way to Reno. Um, in fact, it wasn't even when I went to uh, the bigger, bigger uh, wine and 
total wine store where i buy they have tons of beers it was i didn't even see it there so it must have just come out so this is their 9.6 percent abv it's a hundred ibu the triple digit ibu yep and it's i mean they describe it as distinguished yet devil devilishly hoppy that's hard to say and uh and or aggressively hopped and i would agree with that it's but not overpowering right the the previous versions of it in, in previous years have always been very hoppy yeah. um the, the those ones in the past had a lot of pine to them yeah. is this one very piney too it, it still has that pine because i think they use it they use a, a larger cone uh hop when they do this one i was reading up a little bit on it so I, I it does have that piney but i have to admit every year and i try to get i try to get one every year i think they taste different every year and we talked about that i just think it's a different each each year seems to taste a little bit different yeah i think they use a different combination of hops each year they still add obviously tons of hops into it and they've got that uh, Sierra Nevada. They claim to be the the creators of the hop torpedo, which brings yes. out more of the flavors. So, but yeah, they they quote unquote aggressively torpedo those hops. And yeah, I think they just use yes. a different combo each year. But no, and I saw it at the store. It was fun. We, my wife and I, went to the store, and she wanted some Founders Green Zebra watermelon oh, goza. And yeah. I could have swore yep. I saw it at the store the previous few days. And we get there, and it's not there. And then I saw the Hoptimum, and I'm like, oh, I ended up passing that because I know if I would have bought it, I would have drank the entire four-pack, and that would have been a terrible decision. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, uh, this might, this, this is definitely one that you're going to have. It's, it's not a lawnmower beer either. No, definitely not. So, <laughs> but, um, no, like you said, though, we're really excited about our guest yes. tonight because yes. this is somebody that... I have known for a very long time. I reconnected with this person a couple years ago on Twitter, and we've chatted back and forth. But this conversation we're about to have is the first time we have actually spoken in almost 20 years. And we'll get into how I know this person and our connection and whatnot a little bit. But first, we want to introduce, I can't even call him by his first name. I'm just going to call refer to him as Coach. We're going to welcome Coach Jason Gribble to the podcast. Coach, welcome, sir. how you doing? <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing really, really well. So we're so happy that we could uh, arrange this. We, you know, we had a couple false starts arranging it, but here we are, and uh, I couldn't be more excited about this. Well, and like you said, the fact that we connected a, a couple years ago on Twitter, and then me running in one of your buddies last week as we've been trying to set this up is just—it was one of those things that was just meant to be. Oh, absolutely. That and, and that was great, as I. I fell asleep. I took a nap for a little while and my phone, when I got back on it after waking up, I had a text message from my friend Adam about it. And then when I opened up Twitter, I I can't even tell you how many notifications I had uh, of the conversation, how the two of you met and then going back and forth, basically trading stories about me and how you guys both know me. And yeah, Adam Juarez, um, we we had a good laugh about that. I ended up um, talking to him uh, on the phone later on and we had a great conversation about uh the two of you meeting in palm springs yep it, it was quite interesting i'm sitting here at the table at the, at the keynote for george kuros and i look across his laptop and i see the logo and the sticker on the back of his laptop i'm like no way the stickers work you know, the stickers work which I, uh, by the way, I haven't gotten mine yet, but I, that's besides the point. Well, that that can definitely be arranged. We're gonna have to get you some yeah. beer edu podcast stickers anyway, so we'll get your contact info after this call, and uh, 
I will definitely make that happen. Get you some stuff. So fantastic. But yeah, that sticker is at the point now where when I go to conferences, I stick one on my name tag because people will come up and they will see my name and say, man, I know that name from somewhere. So then I just turn the name tag around, show them the sticker. And they're, oh, that's where. And so clearly it worked for you. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't gotten to the point where I've got stickers yet, but because of my traveling and speaking at different state and national conventions, I'll be sitting there at the dinner table or sitting there and someone will come up to me like, Hey, hey, are you Jason Gribble? I'm like, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. And I saw your presentation. <laughs> so it's just like, so maybe I need to get some stickers made. Ah, branding is, it's, it's very important. Oh, t- trust me. If you, if you, if I get Joe Sanfilippo and Eric Scheniger on here, they're going to just, they'll just oh, go on. Yes. Whole room whole rant about branding that's so i know all about it <laughs> yeah that no is, we definitely got to get you get get you a sticker then yeah. we gotta get you going on that so but well again welcome to the show and we did talk a little bit before we hit record that you had hoped to be bringing on a bell's two-hearted ale which i have featured Ooh. on the show before but they were out so you ended up going with something a little higher octane instead I did go with some something a little bit higher octane and a little less burn. I went with a nice 12-year-old aged single malt scotch Glenfiddich in oh. a nice green bottle yes. with, with just two ice cubes. And it is just, it's a nice <laughs> nice toast to the, to the end of a great day up here in, in northern Michigan. Oh, uh, well, this is the Beer EDU podcast, but... Ben and I both appreciate a good whiskey, a good scotch as well. Yeah. My that is my old man's go-to right there. Well, and like I said, if I had a choice in in being in the small town and I end up here in the middle of Michigan right now for a little family vacation, the, the two different um, coffee stores I went into did not have my Bell's Too Hearted Ale, so that is usually my go-to and. Again, it's one of the top-selling microbrews from our state that it, I know it's you could find it across the country right now. It's just a, a beautiful, beautiful IPA, and it gets you to your happy place quickly. Absolutely, and I've told this story before on the show, but that was the beer when I was in college that introduced me to good beer, not the standard just crap, pay five bucks at a kegger kind of beer. And mm-hmm. I, I've got fond memories of bell's two-hearted and i'm so happy it's now available in nevada well like you said and the thing about the two-hearted that is definitely not a um lawnmower beer no it is definitely not a lawnmower beer no not at all so now, one beer and, and so to go to the uh, total opposite direction one of the big things out here that's i don't know if it's made it out your way yet is made by it's a form of natural light they call it um natty what is it called oh it's a it's a flavored natty light oh i've seen it i think i've seen it too i can't remember the name of it right now i want to say it's in a pink box the logo oh what is it it'll come to me as as we're talking it'll come to me but i just got done with a a golf weekend with a bunch of my buddies and they were just natterdays there you go it came to me yeah and I was the only guy that was not drinking them just because I'm like, oh, guys, I don't know how you can do this. It's too sweet. <laughs> and they're shotgunning these things. And I'm like, oh. no, 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 uh-uh, can't do it. So, well, and, I, and I saw it, and I just thought, 
Oh, Natty Light. Oh, that that's got horrible memories behind it. <laughs> exactly. So, so just to go the other direction, but that that's a big thing around here right now. I'm just like, you guys could have it. Hence the reason I'm drinking scotch. <laughs> nice. Well, what? I'm that's gonna. Kind of like shandy. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. Lining kugels and that stuff is probably yep. very similar. Yes. So, well. I was picking my brain a little bit before this call in the, in the last couple of days, trying to think about how I, you know, what, how we met and everything. And I go back all the way to middle school when you served as a substitute teacher for a couple of years while I was in middle school. And I had you in various classes then. And then eventually you were one of the coaches on my freshman football team. And then as yep. I moved up to JV, you followed us up to JV and then when I went up to varsity as a junior, you followed us up to that. You end up having my buddies, my age group. You had us for all four years. Yeah, so, class. so, and I just, I'm not saying this just because I got you on here and just to try to make it sound good or anything, but so much of what I did as a football player beyond high school. And then eventually when I coached for several years was because of you, like you had a very strong influence on me. Yeah, but did you get your lineman to, to chant out, I love the sled? You know what? <laughs> I think I may have, actually. Uh, the, the fence, I did the fence drill, too, when I was coaching those linemen as well. We did the fence. And, and, and Ben, I, I will tell you that it was one of the most agonizing things ever, but, man, <laughs> it got us ready to get in position. But Coach Grib would put us, we had the fence along the baseball field, Right. And he would make us get into a blocking fit on the fence and hold it. And if anybody oh. started to wiggle their legs or stand up, he go, "Oh, clock starts over!" And he would hold us there oh. for the longest time. And luckily for me, I I knew better than to stand up. But there was a lot of guys that just were not as mentally strong as me, I guess you'll say, oh, yeah. and would stand up. So we would spend a lot of time <laughs> on that fence. And, uh, and but I like I said that you know it really trained our legs to stay low as uh, as we were blocking. <laughs> That's funny. My my son played O line. My son was a was a tackle. So I, I'm sure he has a very similar story from his his uh, workouts. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever done wall sits in basketball before, this is the equivalent yep. to a wall sit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Ooh. But yeah, I used to get the guys to chant, "I love the sled" when we'd run over and do the sled. <laughs> that we did. So and we would push that thing up and down the field. Man, if it wasn't every day, it was most days at the end of practice. Instead of <laughs> instead of sprints or whatever, that's what we did. Was you know all the all the skinnies, the wide receivers, well, yeah. and running Come backs, on. they would go do sprints. We would yeah. push the sled everywhere. Yeah, you're linemen, man. You're not sprinting. Let's just be honest. That's right. Well, and the thing is, I can attest to this: is my guys, they understood the philosophy and understand the meaning of getting to the second and third tier of blocking because yes. we did so much of that that i mean we, we had some great years and kyle can attest to the years that we worked together we had some great teams some great work and understanding the concepts that as a lineman you're going after a db and you see the whites of their eyes going i i'm out of the way yeah and off they go yep <laughs> the to this day uh do you remember bj tyler coach yep he will every now and then get a hold of me and just reminisce the story of we were playing Saginaw Nouvelle and 
we come down for he broke through and then he basically followed me and I got onto a safety and I pushed that guy 20 yards and BJ just stood right behind me the entire time and I pushed that guy pretty much to the end zone and BJ scored a touchdown and every now and then he'll get a hold of me he goes man remember that against Saginaw Nouvelle and we we have a good time talking about that that's awesome that, that is great you guys are able to reminisce and think about those types of things yeah so but um so I never had you in the classroom outside of subbing during that time you were teaching in my hometown and then moved on to some different things so tell us a little bit about what you've done in the last 20 25 years then um, as an educator oh dear how long do you want this podcast to go all yeah. right I'll give you the digest version all right so when I left Alpena I went to Richmond which is over by Port Huron and from there I was uh, defense coordinator um, line coach DB's coach um, was coaching football, powerlifting, and track there at Richmond High School for two years, teaching phys ed, health, and biology. Um, while we were there, my first year there, we went undefeated and set the school record for the fewest points given up in a season. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had a, we had a really good year. Um, I was there for two years, uh, busted my tail, which is, is educators, you guys know, especially here in Michigan, you got to start working on those continuation credits to make sure you keep the certification. So while I was at Richmond, I uh, worked on my master's degree. And in the process of me working on my master's degree when I was at Richmond, the superintendent came up to me. He's like, hey, Grib, there's going to be a um, middle school assistant principal job opening up next year. And I hear you're working on your, your master's degree in administration. If you can get that thing done, get you interviewed, we'll get you hired in there. So I, for three semesters so one full calendar year coaching three sports coaching three sports football powerlifting and track still teaching having a family busted my tail and got my master's done in a year went went through the interview process all said and done didn't get it ouch he didn't get it so doing a little extra interview with the superintendent he's like hey grib you know i I just look at the fact that you, our head football coach is going to be here for a while. You you have an opportunity to, to move into his position. You've done a great job. You've built a great relationship with kids. Um, we just, I don't know if you're just ready to leave, leave, hang up your whistle and, and do that. And I looked at me in the eyes. I'm like, I didn't bust my tail for a full calendar year. and have an impact on my family and my teams to get my master's done, to let that sit there and hang on the wall and not use it. So, got done meet with him. Started getting my resumes out. There we go. Um, so I was so after two years in Richmond, I went to a small uh, school, a community school down in Carlton, Mich- or Monroe, down by Monroe, Carlton, Michigan. Mm-hmm. The school district is called Airport Community School Districts. Hmm. I, I got hired in there as the assistant principal and athletic director, which I don't wish that job on. <laughs> I have heard oh. so many people that have done the athletic director position and got out of it say the exact same thing. I, I, the I, AD part was great. Yeah. That was fine. But being the AP where I had to be there at 730 in the morning and then not leave there until 10 o'clock at night because I had athletic. So, I mean, you, I walk in at 730. I got the AP hat on. 2.30, the bell rings, the AD hat comes on, and I'm the AD until the events are done. Oh, yeah, no. Those are two full-time jobs, period. Mm-hmm. And then third year into that, 
I, because I'm crazy, and after going down and listening to Bill Daggett and his team talk down in Orlando one year at the National Transformation, not the, yep. trans- the, the Model Schools Conference. Model Schools, yes. Yep. So, and it was the year when freshman academies were hit big. That whole thing was going on. So, I decided to take on, you know what, I'm going to take on the 8th grade to ninth grade transition team and create a ninth grade academy at our small little school in BAD. So, so, needless to say, I was at airport community schools for six years. Um, had an opportunity to get into the principal's position. Um, very good friend of mine who is now actually the superintendent in that school district beat me out of that job. And I worked under him for a year, and he still thanks me to this day for not having any animosity towards him for him beating me out of the job. But, and again, he's, we're still very good friends, and he's actually the guy that I was just golfing with two weeks ago. Um, so was there for six years, and then I went to New Boston Huron, which was a neighboring school district, and was the high school assistant principal there for two years which now not having AD duties, but still having the night team activities, but not as many, did that, um, did that for two years. And then I got, it was just, it was time for me to start taking on, on a new role. Instead of being the assistant, it was time for me to be the principal. So from there, I went to Crestwood School District, which was in Dearborn Heights, which is just outside of Dearborn in Southeast Michigan. I was a middle school principal there for two years. But while being in Dearborn, I was still living in Monroe, where I got hired when I was at, at airport. So that was a 55-minute drive one uh, way. I was going to say, that's that a was, bit of a trek. And, you know, I mean, traffic in the Detroit area and, is no joke. And it's not like the weather is, like, always super sunny in the winter. And there's no direct way to get there. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take the major expressway, get off at this exit, and it's a two-minute jaunt right there. Oh, no, no such thing. So I did that for two years, and my wife is like, um, this is killing you, and I don't see you, and we were just getting ready to have a baby, and it was time for a change. Right. So from there, I got to a, my buddy who was a superintendent in the district that I'm currently working in now, had an elementary position, principal's position opened. I reached out to him and got hired to be the elementary school principal, which now it took my drive from... 55 minutes one way to 20 minutes one way and right off the expressway. Nice. So I was the elementary school principal there for seven years. Okay. And then this past year moved into central office where I am now the director of curriculum innovation and grants for the Riverview Community School District, which is a small 2.1 by 2.1 square mile school district. <laughs> um 20 miles south of Detroit. Wow. Wow. To think that, of a district that, can actually be that small. I was just going to say, I'm in a district of 63,000 students, which isn't even the biggest. Kyle comes from a district that is the fifth biggest. Yes. I, I can't yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Clark County, Nevada is the fifth largest with like 330,000 students. But uh, one, <laughs> the, the interesting thing about Nevada is that they still go by the Constitution of yes. 1864, where it only... Yeah stipulates that you can have one school district per county we have 17 counties we have 17 counties nevada we have 17 school districts so we have counties that are bigger than states that's all we're gonna say so you're like florida yeah kind of yes florida Florida has a set up right wow that is a 
that's an amazing journey though. That really is. You've like literally done it all. <laughs> and, and, and I get that question a lot too, because all right, Grib, you've taught, I've taught elementary, I've taught middle school, I've right. taught high school. Cause when I was in Alpena, when I was with Kyle, I was one of the elementary phys ed teachers Cool, right? at one of the small elementary schools in our town up there um, prior to being a, a substitute okay. teacher district. And then going from middle school to high school, then high school administration to middle school administration to elementary administration, and now central office. I mean, I get all, I always get the question, all right, Grib, you've done it all. You've done the AD job, which right. again, the AD job separated from the assistant principal <laughs> job. The AD job was awesome because we had some great teams. We had some great programs. I had some great coaches underneath me. And we had a lot of success at our school. So, I mean, when they're successful, you feel a sense of success and get to be a part of that. Um, but being at all three levels, which they always ask me, which of the three do you like the best? And, and each of them have their best mm-hmm. and other moments. Mm-hmm. But being an elementary school principal, I mean, the high school principals are fun and you get to do the different things there. But in regards to why you got an education and and seeing learning actually happen in the elementary school. Let's just say this. I never had, when I was a high school principal or assistant principal, I never had a student run into my office and say, hey, Mr. Gribble, look what I could do. Look what I could do. Check this out. Can I read you this story? Can I show you how we did this? You never had that. At the elementary school, to walk by a classroom and see the light bulbs popping because you actually see learning happen is amazing and you can't take it away from those teachers that it's so funny that you say that because when i was uh i was working through college and i happened to be a custodian in elementary school and my principal also coached football and he had been a long time football coach and he and he's like what's your plan and i'm like i'm gonna go to high school i'm gonna coach i want to coach baseball i'm gonna coach track and then he was like let me explain how this works he goes you want to work in elementary where this is this is the kind of things exactly what you described because and then you coach high school i mean nothing against high school and and i would love the opportunity at some point to go teach high school but that is exactly what he described and i have to admit in in my 22 almost 22 years now i mean you're right that that right there is the exact reason to do it it just seeing those looks on their faces and trust me coming from high school to middle school and and again Years ago, <laughs> right. as I show my age, I was yeah. an elementary school teacher. I knew how to deal with those kids and, and what those kids needed. But coming right. from the secondary level, and then you step on the playground, and all of a sudden you start getting <laughs> hugged, and you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, for me, and that was my, like within the first couple months, and everybody's right. like, you got to relax, you got to relax. Right. And one buddy who's still an elementary school principal in my district, I'm currently in, he keyed the, he keys the term that I was elementaryized. Oh, yes. He's like, when you came here, you were a secondary guy. Now you've been elementaryized because now I'll go on the playground. I'm like, no, not the hug monsters. Kids coming up, man, I'm going to swarm with 20 kids. Wow. I got to say, I mean, I'm just saying from my viewpoint, I'm just saying like, are you like, are you looking at a superintendent job? Cause I got to say you are, you're pretty damn qualified in my opinion. Uh, I've, I've had that, I've had that conversation a couple of times recently. 
if it's if it was up to my superintendent I'm working with right now, he keeps going grip three years. <laughs> three years and this chair is yours. I'm like, uh-uh, no, uh no way. <laughs> and he's like, nope, three years, this is yours. And and I get that a lot now because again, I have done so many different aspects within education, and that's just within the schools. I'm right. very involved with um, MEMSPA, which is our Michigan Elementary Middle School Principals Association. Cool. I've been very active with them. Um, we have a group that Kyle knows about called McCall, which is the Michigan Association of Computer Users and Learning. Okay. It's like Q or ISTE, yep. but at the state level. And I'm on the board for them. I've, wow. I've been involved with McCall for ooh, 12 years now, and but I've only been on the board recently for the last two years and within my role with McCall I am the liaison between McCall and the other M groups in our state so you got MEMSPA you got MASSP which is our secondary level you got MASA which is our um, like your superintendent's group so I go to their board meetings now I'm like I'm here to represent McCall how can we help you wow We're trying to get our M groups together so um, knowing that you guys are very involved with technology, that's why within my title that I currently have, the Director of Curriculum Innovation and Grants, that ed tech innovation part is pretty much the component that I see. I don't oversee the boxes and the wires and that stuff, but in regards to educational technology, that all goes through me before it goes into a classroom. So, you, I mean, you've got... You've got leadership experience in spades, and then you know now you're a leader in educational technology, not just in your district, but across the state yeah. of Michigan. Well, and I just was in Palm Springs last week for the National School Transformation Conference and was a, pre- a featured speaker there. Whoa. Nice. So the big question then is, when do you sleep? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when do I have time for my family? When Exactly. Yeah. When do I do that? Um no, I find time to do that because, especially now with my position where being a central office, I don't have that many evening activities that I need to go to, um, occasional board meetings I have to go to. But now, unlike when I was an AD, now I go to the football games that I want to go to. Now I go to the basketball games that I want to, not because right. I have to be there. I need to be there. And I have a seven-year-old daughter, so she's now starting to get more involved in stuff. Cool. So now it's me being a dad. So, yes, Kyle, I have a seven-year-old daughter. So you know, <laughs> yeah. you know how old I am. So I also have a seven-year-old daughter. So at some point, they're, they're the same age. So we're going to have to um, meet meet in the middle somewhere, or you come to Nevada, or I come back to Michigan, and then they can be friends, and we can talk about the old days then. <laughs> Exactly, Kyle. But our age difference is not as close as their age difference. No, it certainly <laughs> is not. So, I already, I already get the comments when I'm out with her. Oh, you're spending the day with Papa. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that just you know, you were talking so much about your experience with elementary and, and the hug monsters and all that stuff, and it's so funny because I just. I obviously remember you as being like a really super nice dude and whatever, but I also remember the backwards hat and you ripping the headsets off and screaming at us though too, you know. So I just to to put that aside and you know picture a bunch of five year olds running up to you is just really funny in my mind. And, and, and the fact that a halftime speech of the folding chair and a garbage can may make it out alive. Oh, I don't know if that was halftime. I think that was pregame. <laughs> 
No. So but... it's like basically John Gruden on a kindergarten playground. <laughs> no. Ben. John Bellucci. Um, <laughs> um, Chris Farley. <laughs> oh, Chris Farley. That one especially because that was around the time that Tommy Boy and Black oh. Sheep came out. So exactly. there was a lot of references to those movies on the field, in the bus, on because I mean, geez, our short road trips were an hour and a half. Oh, you know, God. and then um, you know, for for freshmen it was school buses, but then once we got up to varsity, then it was charter buses where we could actually watch movies, and uh, right. there was a lot of Happy Gilmore and Tommy Boy <laughs> on the bus. So we watched Rudy. So yeah, there there was a lot of that, and uh, but yeah, there there was yeah I do remember it was the very first freshman game against Sheboygan. I still remember this, and we were in that room under the stadium, and you came in and started talking. It got progressively louder, and then I just I I heard the bang, and then I saw the dent in the garbage can. I'm like, holy cow! <laughs> yeah, just yeah. good 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 stuff there. So uh, so now. During all this time, though, like you're doing all these different things was was something like you you did you get into educational technology just kind of as like a, a passion project or was it something out of necessity that you saw needed to come? So how did that come about? That's a great question. It, it's just been something that I've always been involved with. It's just something that's always intrigued me because I never liked to be in that traditional teacher. I never liked being the one that was the sage on the stage and, and live. I still could constantly live by the philosophy. And when I'm, I'm teaching classes at Washington community college, or even doing um, teacher post interviews through observations, I always ask the question, who's working harder at the end of the lesson. If you're wiping your brow and go, Phew, thank God this lesson's over. You're working harder than the kids. The kids need to end the lesson with going, whew, thank God this class is over. I can go to another class and not have to work so hard. So I've always had that type of mindset. And in knowing that technology was there, when computers came out, I was always, even when I was a kid in high school, I mean, the Commodore 64 and the Apple IIe, I always had my hands and was always playing around with the coding and that. And even when I was teaching up in Alpena, I was... I would go into the computer lab and when I didn't have a class, I was the computer tech guy because I knew how to turn the dang things on. And I understood what C slash colon meant and could get kids logged into Oregon trail because that's all we had back then. Um, but as things progress, it's just something that I've, I knew it was a direction as a nation, as education was going and going through my first conference at McCall definitely helped with that and knowing how, I mean, call me a pre-millennial, call me what you want. Just knowing that technology, I mean, here we are right now, we are recording a podcast. I'm using my cell phone in the middle of nowhere through Google Hangouts and we can have this conversation where I'm here in Michigan, you guys are there and we can do this. Right. I mean, when I sit there and I do my conversations now with my teachers, I, I, I hold my cell phone up and I tell them, this is the content specialist right now. Anything you want to, there's a reason YouTube is the number two search engine in the world right now. And what a coincidence, Google owns them. You want to learn how to do something, you YouTube it. My daughter wanted to get a mango the other day. I didn't, I see mangoes. I don't know how to cut them up or anything like that. I butter a mango. 
I, what did I do? Went to YouTube. Within, within two minutes, I learned how to cut it and serve mango to my daughter, and she fell in love with them. So now i got to make mangoes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they buy them. You, you can buy them pre-sliced at Costco. At least the Costco's here. True. <laughs> <laughs> i got to go to Trader Joe's and get them fresh. Oh. Uh, there we go. Those are always good, though. Trader Joe's. You can never go wrong with Trader Joe's. So well, just the idea of using educational technology within the classrooms and again, knowing that our kids today and, and not even our kids today, kids 10 years ago, 15 years ago, technology has always been there. They're technology native. So we need to adapt how we teach and how they learn to where they're at. And it's still the battle I have today with our teachers is like, you can't teach them the way that you were taught. You can't stand in front of these kids and talk to them for 35 minutes and expect them to be fully engaged. There's a reason TV shows are seven minutes long and have a four-minute commercial span. There's a reason why video games last 13 minutes and take at least four minutes before you get to the next level with them reloading. Our brains are channeled and trained and conditioned i mean worse than pavlov's dog on how we have to be conditioned to do, to do these things so knowing that educational technology is there being involved with mccall and just enjoying it i mean i mean twitter i mean kyle and i haven't talked for years and here we are doing a podcast and it was in reason because of twitter technology it's there I mean, Kyle can attest to it. I mean, I got my seven-year-old daughter. I mean, you put a tablet in front of her. I don't need to teach her anything. I mean, here in Michigan, I'm known as the green screen guy. I use green screen technology to do my morning video announcements because I wanted to find a way to get instructional time back into the classrooms. So instead of me getting on the PA in the morning, good morning, students of Forest Elementary School, please stand for the pledge. This is what's for lunch today, and this is what our PTO is doing tonight. Well, if I was down in the office at 9 o'clock in the morning and I was an IEP or an apparent meeting, right. at 9 o'clock, my classes are moving forward. Right. Now they're rolling. So now I'm going to interrupt them. And what is that teaching, telling the teachers and the kids? Who's more important, them mm-hmm. or me? Right. So what I did is so I'm like, green screen technology. I'm going to record myself in front of a green screen, keep it down to three minutes. I'm going to upload it to YouTube. I'm going to email to my teachers and they show the video when it's convenient for them in the classroom before bathroom break, after bathroom break, before recess, after recess, before they go to lunch, maybe after they get back from lunch, the kids don't care what they get for lunch that day, but they get lunch. But I started doing that. Now it's a trend because I go to conferences and that's actually what I presented on when I was in Palm Springs last week. But my teachers loved it because they got their instructional time back. Didn't lose that seven minutes because they're sitting there waiting. Is he going to be down in the office? We got to do the pledge so I can get my day started. Oh, I got to get my kids down to special. He's keeping me late back from special. And, and, no. And, and it's so funny that you say that because that is something that I heard as an AP. I would hear that from teachers all the time. And that's something it's just, it, it seems like a really simple thing and a small thing, but it's actually a really huge thing when you talk about that teacher during that day, that interruption. Yep. It's huge, especially working in the elementary school. You you stop the momentum of a kindergarten, first grader, or second grader, you're herding cats for the next half hour. They're yeah. done. And especially right. with silly announcements, they'd be like, oh, that's funny. About it. And all right, well, let's, let's get back to doing math now. Let's get back to doing our, doing our reading. <laughs> mm, done. Right. So 
Well, and that's something Go. too that you you did that with the green screen, couple three minutes, whatever, and they show it whenever. And that's something if you really wanted to, you could have a rotating group of students do the exact same thing and mm-hmm. and get but, the kids involved with it too. Like you're right there with the you get to interact with the kids that you don't get to interact with as much as you can because you have so many different things you need to do as a principal and you're knocking out two birds with one stone. You're interacting with the kids and the kids are getting their announcements that they need to get. Well, there's that Kyle. And also I quit doing the lunch and quit doing all those things. And because we're, we do PBIS, mm-hmm. we would pick students every two, every two weeks we'd have new students standing in front of the green screen, doing the pledge, saying what's for lunch, taking kids to their picture, taking their pictures of them on their birthday. And then on their day of their birthday, they're, pictures popping up on the screen during during the announcements and happy birthday to blue 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 it's there well here's the other thing i did by doing this as well guess how many board meeting minutes i had to go uh send every friday oh i can't even imagine i no, i i have a guess it's 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 a larger number none really because I started doing my videos, after I got done doing my videos and sharing them to YouTube, I tweeted them out. I posted them oh, on our webpage. Nice. Our board, our community, everybody knew what was going on in my building. I'd walk by and I'd see parents in our hallway that were volunteers after I sent a video out, sitting there listening to my video, listening to my voice. I'd hear my voice like, what's going on? It's a parent sitting there listening to the daily announcements. They knew exactly what was going on that day because I didn't just share it with my my staff. I shared it with my community. You want to talk about branding? I brand. So then you put, so basically those morning announcements went out as part of your your whole school message to to your entire community. Every day. The only only part that didn't go out to our community was the kids portion because we just, with the whole confidentiality stuff, that stayed stayed in the house when the kids were doing the pledge and all that stuff. But my message, my three-day, my three-minute message every day went out to my community, went out to my board members. They knew what was going on in my building. There was no secrets. There was, I didn't have my, as I like to call them, my mom union meetings out in the parking yep. lot outside the classroom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Having their conversations. They're like, oh, you hear what's going on in this classroom? Yeah. I knew what's going on in my classrooms. You know what's going on in my buildings. Cool. You see, You see it every day. Well, yeah. I am so okay. That that is like the greatest takeaway I've gotten so far. I'm like, oh my god, because because it's so funny. I've I've literally been thinking about that exact thing is like ensuring that I'm communicating as a new principal with my staff, but also with the community that I that I'm working with. So I love that idea. The green screen. That's brilliant. That's the best thing ever. Guess how many welcome back letters I did? None. None, because you did a video. I did a video. So now when I have new families that move into my building and want to know what's going in my building, hey, when you give a second, I'm going to send you a YouTube video of my welcome back letter video so you can see what's going on. Cool. Hey, you were here on the first day of school, so I recorded this. These are our policies and procedures. Sit down here and watch this video for about seven minutes, and it'll give you an idea of what's going on. Cool. I love that. that is, I mean, and, and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you talk to kids now. Like, what do they watch? They don't watch TV. They watch YouTube. And it's the short clips. Short and sweet. Yep. No, that's brilliant. That is that is amazing. So when you're ready to make that transition into the green screen, I have taught people through Google Hangout on how to use this app that I get paid no money for. 
cool. I am a TouchCast ambassador. It's the it's okay. the app called TouchCast. It's free. It's an iPad app. I love that. I love that app better than I do Do Ink. Uh huh. But it is the it is the app I use when I create my green screen videos. So, and again, for people out there in the, in, the, in the Twitterverse, you can follow me at Jason Gribble on Twitter, and my YouTube channel channel is at J, at Force Principal because I haven't changed it since. Um, I'm not in that position anymore, but <laughs> yeah, you could pull up. You, you can still pull up my videos now. It's great. Nice. Perfect. Because I was I was about to ask you where this YouTube channel was, and you beat me to the punch. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely throw that in the show notes for people because. I, I definitely want to see these things, Ben. I know you're. You've got oh, to be I'm, stoked. You're going to want I to do this so now. Excited. Like I'm literally like like this is the exact thing that I've been thinking about. Like along with my giant to do list is just it's one mm-hmm. of those things that I'm I'm I want to make sure that I'm, and and I I'm not a fan of the like my rule is always if if I'm in an IEP and it's after a certain amount of time I'm not doing announcements. But then everybody's like, well, you didn't do announcements. I'm like, well, it's nine fifteen. You know, school started fifteen minutes ago. I'm not going to interrupt your classroom. Exactly. And the thing is, too, because you're doing a video, no different than what you do here for your podcast. You can record it before you leave for the day. Yes, I love that. Well, that's the other thing. So you know, is and and administrators, you know, you have a meeting in the morning. You're not in your building. Those kind of things. You still want your message getting out there. Well, and, and, and that's it as well, because even when I was not into building, say it was at a conference, mm-hmm. I would do on location videos and still upload it on YouTube. That, that's cool. So tra- here, Kyle, I'm at Traverse uh-huh. City at the Municipal Conference, which is in December. It just snowed that morning. I'm standing outside in the middle of the snow with my iPad. Hey, Forest Elementary School, look what happened up here in Traverse City yesterday. That is so uh-huh. cool. So I just sit there and just I still videotape it. I just do the it's not a green screen, but I still do my video, and it's just on location. I've done it from on top of the Rensen at the McCall conference when it was in Detroit, and have and like have uh, Windsor behind me, and like have a trivia question. Who knows what's behind me? Where am I at? Just asking those type of silly things, and that's the other thing that I started to do with my kids. And it was a way of me double checking to see which do, teachers were listening to my videos. And I, I'd ask a trivia question every day. Oh, and there's a company out of Toledo that does these fitness finders. They're called fitness finders, and they do these foot tokens when the kids complete a mile. They got right. these things that are a plastic hand. I call them the principal high five. Oh. And we do a trivia question every day, and the first students that come down to my office with the answer to today's trivia question gets a principal high five, which they could put on a lanyard or put on their shoes or whatever. Right. It was just something silly, something to connect to the kids. But for me, it was me collecting data. It was collecting analytics. Right. Which teachers and when are they showing the videos? All of a sudden, uh, boom, I have a bunch of third graders coming down to my classroom, right. down to my office. And here's the other thing now. Now I got this green screen set up in my office. I'd be sitting there doing something on my computer, and I get a knock at the door. Mr. Gribble, yeah. Can I borrow your green screen for a minute so I can do a book talk? Sure, go ahead. So now I got kids coming down, taking pictures of their book with their iPad, putting in the backdrop as their green screen, and now they're doing book talks instead of doing a book report where they could share it with everybody. Oh, that's yeah. That is it's so so amazing, like what opportunities we have now. Yeah. So Kai, you think I've invested with EdTech, dude? Well, I've come a long way. I, I wish I would have known this a little bit sooner because we would have gotten you out for the Q Nevada 
state conference that's going to be in September. Uh, our our submission window closed uh, a while back, but um, you're definitely one of my first calls for next year for our call of presenters to come out to Las Vegas for that. And then uh, when the call for presenters goes out for fall queue and spring queue next year, I think we need to get you to California yes. for that as well. And um, that because right now it's just been turning my head too. just all the amazing people that I know here out West too, that you need to connect with um, people like Brent Coley, who's a principal in Southern California <laughs> that's doing some great things. And then you met Adam and uh, Catherine yep. at, in Palm Springs, you know, this, the great stuff that they're doing. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing you talk about how you're in Michigan, we're in Nevada doing this right now. Technology and Twitter has just obliterated those distances at this point where oh, now totally. we're just connected with everybody from not just across the country, but I mean, across the world at this point. Exactly. Yes. I mean, between Twitter and Google Hangouts, like we're using right now, and then you got Ed Voxer into that mix. Yep. I mean, it's so many different tools that, I mean, and when you talk to people, they're just like, oh, well, you're on Twitter, you're just following the president. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm following educational leaders. I'm, I'm connecting and making myself better as, as an educational leader, as an educator, because if I continue to stay just in my box, I'm never going to get better. Well, and I, I think that's the thing is like, and, and I talk to teachers all the time about this. And Kyle, you and I have both talked about this is like, like Twitter is people, it gets a bad rap for, I mean, it, there is a lot of other things out there, but I think in terms of professional development for teachers, it is right now still, in my opinion, the number one, I know people are still using, are using Instagram and Facebook, but I, most people that I learn from are on Twitter. Yes. And I mean, we hired 13 teachers just before 4th of July. And the first thing I did when I'm going through the resumes is I went to look for these people on Twitter. Right. I want to see, I want to see if you, one, if you're on Twitter, if you're using social media, if right. you're not, that's the first question I'm asking them during mm -hmm. an interview is like, how do you connect with the world to make yourself a better professional? Well, I really, I, I don't know too much about Twitter, so I really haven't done that. And you get the other ones like, I've been on Twitter for years. These are the people I follow. And, and which again, I do the research ahead of time and I ask them that. I mean, I want the people that want to grow professionally that aren't afraid to step outside the box and try new and as much as it's a buzzword, innovative ways right. to make ourselves better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right now I, I'm following over 2,500 people on Twitter and maybe 10 of them are not related to education. I yep. think I follow the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wings, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, some various sports teams. Mm -hmm. And I follow a podcast, a comedy podcast on there that's it because really that's all i need for for that stuff i'm not i'm not creating another twitter so i could follow garbage right. essentially right. you know right. and i'm not saying cool. the detroit tigers and the red wings whatever are garbage you know but well, but even well <laughs> they're garbage no. for other reasons right now <laughs> so yeah may, maybe maybe next year maybe 10 years from now with both of those teams actually but um but but even then I'm following those 10 different things. I almost right. have to physically look them up because they get buried in all of the educational oh, yeah. stuff that I'm looking at. And then yes. what I find myself doing sometimes too is that I will be following somebody because I found that they were doing some great things. But then they, they'll start posting some things that isn't necessarily what I was looking for when I followed them in the first place. So I'll either mute them or I'll just unfollow at that point because... That I am on there for professional purposes. I'm not there for political purposes. I'm not there for entertainment purposes. 
I'm there for that, and I'm to share my ideas and share my philosophies and the beliefs that I believe in in regards to educational technology. Absolutely. So, wow. I mean, I, I mean just... Wow. <laughs> I, I, I cannot like, believe what we've gotten just in this 45 minutes here. I mean, this this could go on for hours, but you you are clearly on a family vacation that we are taking away from right now. Yes. So we don't want to keep you too much longer. So I, I can't thank you enough, Coach, for coming on and us arranging this. Well, I mean, just we will not have to have a part B one of these days. I, I'm okay with that. We can definitely do that. I, I'm yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I for me, and I'm totally gonna be like uh, selfish and biased. I'm like, I just got like three great ideas that are totally get, that I am totally gonna implement at the beginning of this year. <laughs> Good. So, and like I said, you know, as soon as um, some of these uh, conferences here out west start uh, opening up for presenters, I will definitely be passing those oh, along yeah. to you, so we can get you out here um, and share and share the wealth. And you know, I, I would love to get to back and go to McCall at some point. So one of these years when it's not the same weekend as Q. So right. But and I think it's going to be in two years. I think there's one year, yeah, two years from now in Grand Rapids. We were actually going a week later for whatever reason. There was something that was previously scheduled. So that might be able to fit into your schedule. That might be my year then. And then I know McCall also does the UP version of it. It's a smaller one, but it's always in the Upper Peninsula, correct? Yes. So. And actually had Google Fest. I think Google Fest is this weekend or next weekend they're doing Google Fest. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we do there. And then next Monday and Tuesday... I'll actually be on Mackinac Island with the Memspa group for their summer leadership program, and I'm doing a whole breakout EDU session. What a nice. terrible place to have to go to a conference. <laughs> ben, um, yeah, you, you are uninitiated. Mackinac Island is oh, is unbelievable. And when I tell people I grew up an hour and a half from that place, like at the time – when I lived back there, it was like, oh, Mackinac Island, it's 100 miles away. Well, cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I have such a greater appreciation for it now that I cannot go there anytime I want. Oh. Yeah, it's probably kind of similar. And I, I've never been there, but I'm going to make the thing about the comparison of Lake Tahoe. And, and my buddy that lives out in L.A., that's what he compares it to because that's his go-to place is Lake Tahoe. I know, and we live literally 20 minutes away, and it's like, uh, yeah. And, and then when you're gone, you're like, oh, man. I yeah, really want to I, I recently drove, I did the entire loop around the lake. You know, it takes you yeah, a couple okay. hours and just pull off every now and then, take some pictures on the scenic overlooks, and, yeah, you just really, you're like, wow, I live here. This is amazing. Oh, it is. So You, you never know until you're gone. <laughs> exactly. For sure. So, it's gonna be fun to take an eight breakout EDU boxes across the, on the ferry to to the island, and then I don't know if he knows or not, but on the island there are no motorized vehicles. Oh, I've heard that. Yes, I've it's heard everything, about that. Everything is horse drawn or bicycles. That's so when awesome. you get off the ferry, you have to load your stuff onto a wagon for the horses to take it up to the hotel for you. Nice. It makes you appreciate it more, I think. Yes, exactly. That, well, and then the, some of the world's greatest fudge is on Mackinac Island, but because there's no motorized vehicles, you can walk or bike it off. Well, there you yep. go. So <laughs> outstanding. So, 
Well, listeners, keep this conversation going because, man, this has been a great one. So share your thoughts on today's topics. Email us, beeredupodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at beeredupod and then hashtag beeredupod. Facebook at beeredupodcast. The Instagram that we've been better with lately is at beeredupod. And then Coach Gribble's Twitter, again, is at Jason Gribble, correct? Yes. Great. And then we'll stick that YouTube channel in there as well. Yes, we will. And then you could always send us a voice message on the Anchor app. Review us on iTunes if you so desire. And if you want to be a guest like Coach here, our website, bit.ly slash podcast. Click on the contact subscription info link, and we have a guest form there. We would love to have you on to have conversations like this. Thanks again, Coach, for coming on. I, I, you know, I don't know you, but I feel like we should call you Coach. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't, Kyle, well, guys, I feel like it was like I learned a ton from you. So, yeah. so well, if you'd like, stick around for a minute. We've got our segment, uh, learning about beer. Um, uh, we got a pretty good topic here tonight, uh, based off of the beer that I was having here. So, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is a brown ale? So, so this this section is what is a brown ale, and and we pulled up some stuff from Wikipedia. We pulled up a, a bunch of stuff, and it'll be in the show notes. And this is basically a style of beer that originated in the 17th century in England, but it's it's really evolved from from that original style. And it's it's not super popular, but in the 1920s, the brewers in England began to make more of the brown ales until a, about World War II, and um, it's still, it's still not super popular, but it's starting to make a comeback. So these are your dark amber brown in color. They tend to be your malt forward and kind of a toasty biscuit, that caramel toasty, you know, the toffee flavors. Um, and they, they don't have a lot of hops as, as Kyle, you were talking about with the beer that you're having tonight. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot of hops in one of these beers. No, not at all, but um, because Americans like their hops, yeah, they definitely, some of the American brewers making brown ales will add a little bit more hops to them, which is going to bring out a lot of times some more citrus character in it, which sounds a little strange with, um, you know, your toffee, your caramel, and your chocolate flavors that you get sometimes. Um, If you're going for British-style ones, they tend to be nutty if they're from, like, more of northern England. And then ones from Southern England tend to be more sweet. Um, a lot of times they're very low in ABV, although the one I am having tonight is an Imperial, uh, a double brown ale, so it is higher up in the ABV. So, But, you know, is, they're not, again, very common, but there are some pretty common ones. What are some of those, Ben? Well, I mean, the Newcastle, to me, that's like the go-to. That's like the one I always mm-hmm. think of, the Newcastle brown. I mean, and that's that's kind of like the one I see all the time. Sierra Nevada does their Tumblr brown ale. Uh, Tanea Creek out of uh, Vegas, they do a Bonanza brown. That and um, that one is amazing. That's their one of their flagship beers that okay. used to be called Calico Brown, and then they got sued by I think Green Flash Brewing because they had a similar beer called Calico or whatever. So okay. they had to change it to Bonanza Brown. Yeah, and I haven't had that one. Now, I have had the Kona Brewings, their Cocoa Brown, which is a brown ale with toasted coconut. And I have had that actually in Hawaii. So I had it in I, Hawaii as well. I went to the tap room, and they had it on ooh, tap. And so I had it at the brewery, and then I took a growler back to the house that we were staying okay. at. So I was able yeah, to enjoy I, a lot of that. And now they bottle it, and now it's available stateside. Yeah, it, 
That one is. That's a that's a newer one. And then Samuel Smith's. I've seen that one a lot of places. That's their nut brown ale. And then out here in the West, Mammoth Brewing is doing a double nut brown ale. Yeah, both of which are very good. Samuel Smith, it, it, they're a British brewery. They make a lot yes. of different styles, and you can't go wrong with anything Samuel Smith does. They they got their um, their British IPAs really good. Yes. They have a stout that um, Taddy Porter that's really good. They got all sorts of beers, and that that nut brown ale is another great one. So oh, for, sure. for sure. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the brown ales. I mean, I think. I think some people kind of tend to stay away from them because they think they're going to be like a porter or a stout, and they're not. So it's a, it's just a, you know, it's it's hopefully this is kind of giving you a, an idea of what they're about. They're a great beer. They really are. Yeah, it took me a while to kind of get onto them, but in the last couple of years, I've really started to appreciate them more and wish they were more readily available. True. True. So, so hey, man, that that is it for this episode, and we got to say, Jason, Jason. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was my pleasure, gentlemen. And like I said, I'm looking forward to Gribble Visitation 2 to yes. carry on the, the wonderful EdTech conversations that we've had on. And then maybe I'll be able to chime in a little bit more with the beer conversation as well. Because like yeah. Kyle mentioned before, I, would, I, I might have to bust out the Dragon's Milk and, and, oh. and join you guys there. Oh, yes. Or get myself a, a couple of stouts because <laughs> I do... I enjoy my stouts. There we go. So I, I think we'll revisit this in the cold of winter when uh, those stouts uh, will go down yes. really nicely. Yes. yes. For sure. Outstanding. So next episode, looking forward to episode 36 coming up here yes. very soon. So thank you, listeners. And until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on. <laughs>